My name is Craig Pickett. I'm an executive recruiter. More than a decade ago, I started my practice for one purpose, to use my experience as a former military aviator, business jet sales executive, and P&L leader to help aviation and aerospace companies and their executives be fast, adaptable, and strategic. I do these podcasts to inspire and inform, but more importantly, they are a focused platform to help business leaders grow. Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Back to aircraft values. Are we going to talk, are we going to see a huge disparity between narrow body and wide body? I mean, I, yeah, wide bodies have always been the more the riskier investments to begin with. You know, the narrow bodies everybody felt, you know, narrow bodies everybody felt were a little bit more safe. So is is the portfolio with the heavy triple seven, seven eight seven, a three thirty gonna you know see a bigger hit than, you know, one with just A320s and 737s. Yeah, I, I would say, look, historically, that has been the thinking from uh, from folks. But I, I would actually argue that that's not necessarily uh, fully in line. If you look at the difference between wide body and narrow body in general, right, leases in, in general, narrow bodies have a much shorter uh, lease duration. Uh, compared to wide bodies. So wide bodies, 12 years, 10, 12 years uh, is pretty normal, right? For a new one where uh, old, uh, new narrow bodies anywhere. Uh, these days I've seen for a while, it was, it was six years. Six uh, years six of people were tearing years. them down. I mean, you know, they were sending A320, six, seven-year-old A320s to the boneyard to get torn down. And you're like, wow, what a shame. So, so, so that to me is when you say, it's it, it's a better asset. I, I I then I asked, what are you looking for? I think from that aspect, yes, there will be. It's more lumpier investments, mm-hmm. right? Because of the the sheer size, dollar size, and 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 the fact that mm-hmm. uh, from a, a transitional point of view, you're going to have to put in uh, a lot more capital uh, potentially to transition uh, if uh, if it returns from one airline to another. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I think actually from a, a cash flow perspective, it's, it, it would actually probably generate actually better cash flow dynamics than narrow bodies because even lease rate factors, because people have been banking on this aspect, actually, actually been higher <laughs> uh, on, on. So your gross yield has, uh, for this we don't know, gro- lease rate factor is monthly gross yield, right? Uh, so your gross yield annualized is, is actually at a much better point than, than on narrow bodies. So then the question is, does that you know, take into account uh, risk aspects? And as a, as a finance professor, you know, I'm all about uh, looking at uh, adjusted <laughs> return of uh, return of capital here. <laughs> so, right. so, so, you know, when you take into all these different risks, you have your credit, you have asset risk, you have, uh, you have your cash flow stream risk, et cetera, uh, a jurisdictional, et cetera. Is it, is it still relatively better? I, I actually think it would be, it would be actually very be di- di- dependent, dependent on the, uh, the particular deal. Uh, so I, I actually would not make that kind of generalized uh, yeah. kind of uh, And, and my, the book, what will come out is, you know, that's actually one of the hypotheses I was trying to test is, hey, is, is aircraft depreciation much bigger? Uh, there is definitely more volatility in, in the in the pricing of uh, of wide bodies versus narrow bodies, but I, I think other things will, will be quite surprising to folks. So I, I suggest that they, uh, they take a look if they're interested to have a have a deeper kind of read in that section. So yeah, let's come back. Let's come back to your book in just a second. So you said something earlier 
and this is what scares me. It's it's really easy for the, for an industry to turn out the lights. You know, you you walk out, and you turn out the lights, and it's dark. But now all of a sudden, you want to get the industry turned back on again. It takes a whole lot of time. Your pilots got to get retrained. It costs a lot of money to get your pilots retrained. You got to go get your pilots back to begin with. Your flight attendants the same way. Your ground crews. You know, is that how big over in, at least in Asia? How big of a fear is that, that a lot of these people that get made redundant don't come back and that becomes a major inhibitor to getting an industry back to, you know, like everybody talks about how long to 2019. I'm like, screw 2019. Let's just get back to 2012 or 2013 and call it a day. I mean, but is that a major inhibitor for? Uh, for I think this will be. I think this will have uh, definitely big effects. If you think about what's happening today, right? Uh, most airlines, uh, the first people to go are the high, the high cost crew, right? The high cost people, uh, naturally speaking. And and who are they generally? They are generally the uh, more expat type uh, yeah. uh, positions. So uh, because uh, they need extra lift, right? That's that's the whole premise. So there's been for the last few, you know. 10 years, I would say there's been a, a, a movement from, say, uh, Western countries to, to Asian countries because they've been paying more right. uh, in, in packages. And that and that's been growing uh, up until last year. And now it's going to it's kind of the reverse. So, yes, there will definitely be um, uh, the question is, you know, they are. And if you think about who are those people, they're people they're recruiting. They're actually been very, very senior folks. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why they can, can command higher kind of uh, packages. Mm -hmm. And that's but those are people that are they going to be not sure if they're going to be around for another cycle. Right. If you think about it from that perspective. So you really have to look at it from the point of. What about the immediate sector? What about the people who would be second officers right? <laughs> first officers who can mm -hmm. make it to that? captaincy who 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 might moved out of the industry what about those mechanics who might not be senior mechanics but might, might move out of the industry and what about all those cadets who are in train flight training schools who just get uh, you know with all the negative publicity not be happy to start their careers in aviation that's to me kind of a right. much more kind of a longer impact uh, aspect yeah that's what i worry about too like all the flight schools here you know a lot of the, the a lot of the the flight schools in the States that were training, you know, a lot of their students were coming over from Asia and uh, they're all shut down. I mean, basically they're, yeah, everybody's kind of shut down. They're like, all right, well, it's, you know, if we turn them back on tomorrow, it's a year before we start kicking out our first pilots again. So, you know, you're, you're, you're shut down for at least a year. So yeah, that's the thing that bothers me the most. I figured the economics, everybody, you know, everybody that's going to feel the pain of the economics will feel the pain and they'll get over it. And we'll move on. Money will be made by somebody um, at some point, but yeah, you know, the thing that worries me the most is the pilots and the you know, the pilots and the mechanics and the skilled, the highly skilled labor that doesn't necessarily come back on a on a whim. So, let's talk about your book. So, you know, so twenty years of residual values. So yeah, so uh, I, I uh, there's three parts of the book for people who are interested. So the first part is looking at the entire landscape of, uh, of drivers as well as geographies globally in Asia and China, uh, looking at kind of where people are and how, uh, what, what factors uh, affect price. Uh, the second part 
uh, I would call it, is, is really looking at this 20-year study establishing uh, aircraft as an asset class. This is the first study that uh, that I know of, uh, I'm pretty sure I, uh, that I've seen any in research in, basically getting col- collecting a large sample from different various sources uh, to put together this kind of compilation, right? Because if you think about what, what has historically been is has been very um, individualistic or individual companies or people putting together their thoughts uh, right. on, uh, on the industry, but no one has kind of done it on a collective basis. Uh, I know there's been many um, uh, attempts at it, but it's been quite difficult. Uh, so that, that's that's why it's quite interesting to see kind of on a, on a more uh, broader scale how the industry has done. Second of all, and then the last part, excuse me, is uh, part three is looking at and comparing these various kind of um, uh, subsections and overall to the other uh, asset classes other real asset classes and, mm-hmm. and stock price classes, et cetera. So you could see how well it's done uh, comparatively because there's always been a lot of talk about, hey, is aircraft is, is should be a low volatility and, and, and decent return, you know, a, a medium return, short to a small to medium return type asset class. But I've never seen anything uh, systematically saying this. So this is this is uh, I would say uh, uh, one definitive study to to at least get to that point. So the question is, uh, I hope to see. By the way, I hope to see other studies done because this is to me this is just uh, the first step into more uh, activity in this space. So you know what's what's the conclusion? Is it is it is it a little bit more volatile than people tend to think? Is, is investing in airplanes a little bit more volatile than the general thought? You know the general you know thought. Actually, what, what what it is 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 the answer is actually much more nuanced <laughs> than people thought, uh, and 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 what people take as and and I think this is the point of the study, right? Is, is all the kind of industry mantra uh, uh, supported by actual data? I think that's actually kind of the genesis of this project, right? Because there's a lot of industry mantra of, hey, this is like narrow bodies are good, wide bodies are bad. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. So, et cetera. And so, so there's, there's a ton of conclusions because you can see it's quite far reaching. It's, it's a 400 page book, so <laughs> close to 400 page book. So, um, but, but I, I'll say this uh, look, if you give the reader something. Look, I, I think, look, it's about uh, economic, what you're looking at is depreciation, right? If you're looking at residual values, it's about depreciation of the capital asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we haven't really looked into too much on the uh, the lease rental side of things, but uh, because uh, uh, there was just not too much time. But, um, but basically what you see is that there is higher depreciation uh, than what's, you know, what, what would be considered uh, normal accounting or depreciation uh, and definitely some of the uh, sub-industries uh, that par- parsed out. Uh, I think overall, it's still relatively actually in line with kind of industry findings, but uh, or thoughts. But but this is uh, it, it's quite like I said, it's a much more nuanced answer. Okay, okay. <laughs> <in> conclusion. <laughs> now the book is the book came out in early November, correct? About yes, a, a few a few weeks ago it came uh, a month ago it came out and uh, it's it's available on Amazon. Uh, so people can get on uh, on Kindle or PDFs. So I think uh, PDF and and of course the higher hard copy uh, that uh, Amazon will ship. So the, the title of it is one more time: Aircraft Valuations, Airplane Investments as an Asset Class. Four hundred pages, huh? Yeah, it's a, 
let me put it this way from start to finish, uh, putting collating all the data, uh, yeah. putting thousands and thousands of uh, man hours putting it together. Uh, this took, this project took about five years. So I bet it did. It's, yeah, it's, no, that's good. That's a great, no, hey, look, I'm sitting here going, it's, it's, I'm thinking about how involved it must've been as a project. That's kind of why I, why, why I was like sitting there, you know, st- stop for a second. I was like, wow, that's a hell of a, that, that's a heck of a heck of a difficult project. So, but you know, at the end of the day, I'll bet you that thing sits on the, uh, the desk of every uh, leasing company, uh, CEO and uh, and CIO and they read it cover to cover, right? How's it doing? You 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 find a lot of interest in it. You, obviously, your students are uh, yeah. Definitely, I, I you know uh, from interest. Look, there's there's a, there's a lot of interest from uh, different parties in, in the industry, right? From bankers uh, yeah. to advisors to uh, leasing companies, and, and of course also the academics, right? You know, I had the the nice support of. Uh, uh, of recommendations from all parties, even from airlines, right? Uh, so the ex, yeah. the ex uh, has CEO of Etihad. Uh, we had uh, Dick Forsberg, one of the uh, industry leaders in the valuation space, uh, as well as uh, as well as uh, academics, uh, finance professors who who uh, have taken a look and, and really thought it was a worthwhile uh, piece of uh, research. So I, I, I hope, like like you said, I hope that this really starts the discussion and gets right. more kind of thoughts and, and looks into this. And that's kind of my point. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's the thing is it, you know, it starts, it, it's like you said, nobody had ever aggregated the info before and really thought about it as a macro, as a macro platform, everybody had their, you know, narrow bodies are good, you know, wide body, wide bodies are risky. I mean, I, you know, three conferences I was at last year, I heard, you know, narrow bodies are, you know, are easy, wide bodies, not so much. So it's uh, that's awesome. But uh, anyway, Thank you for coming on. Appreciate you you walking through. We got to get through this. So, what do you, uh, what's 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 the eighteen month prognostication? Is you know Boeing going to get through this? On you know, okay, Airbus, we can get back to normal at some point, or is this just change the landscape totally? Look, I I, I think uh, I think what's going to happen is uh, end of this year to Q one, there'll be uh, banks will have to do something. Uh, and this will basically uh, have uh, a lot of uh, uh, other kind of domino effects through the rest of the industry. But as I said earlier, the faster uh, people take into these accounts, the faster we can get out of it and we can get back on a growth growth, uh, growth pattern again. Mm-hmm. So that to me is the biggest uh, aspect. So 18 months, there will be definitely some uh, increased volatility, uh, more, more vol uh, going forward uh, in the short term. But I think that's, that's not a necessary bad thing. This is a, a way to get people to get uh, capital more efficiently and restructuring their capital, uh, capital structures, airlines uh, and others so that they can be sustainable, right? That's yeah. what we want. We want a sustainable well, uh, industry that grows. It, right? It's certainly for a new, a, a, it's certainly for a new class of investors coming in. They're coming in at lower prices. You know, cheaper assets, lower prices. It sort of resets. It starts the cycle all over again. So, um, you know, I'll I'll make one 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 bit. You know, if you think about newer investors, look, this might not be a bad time to start an airline. Uh, you have cheap. You have cheaper, uh, you have labor, available labor, you can get people, you can get assets, uh, availability of assets, and and I'm sure people will will give you some good deals uh, on on those. And then uh, there's actually routes 
there's route availability, there's uh, airport availability. So it might not be uh, a bad <laughs> thought process for I, some of the. the I was thinking the exact uh, same thing. <laughs> I, I was thinking there's going to be some out with the old, in with the new type of things going on here, both in the, uh, the both in the U.S. and around the globe. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, this is about innovation, right? Uh, as, I, as I said, you know, once you get rid of it, there will be innovation. I, I have no doubt about it. Do you, so yeah, do you, just, you know. But on the flip side too, you know, and, and, and we'll end it here. You know, some people are saying 36% of the business travel doesn't come back. Do the, you know, to me that creates new opportunities for people to figure out, okay, if the business traveler doesn't come back, what do I need to do to, you know, to flex to that new reality. I personally think the business traveler does come back. Things may change for a while, but they do come back. You know, you know, does, you know, is the industry really gonna change because you and I are now Zooming um, and there's more work from home or do you think we start to see a, you know, you know, do you start to think we really do see a back to normal in a couple of years? I think, I think, look, I, I think uh, temporarily it'll definitely be a big shock. Uh, I think that people are now more used to Zoom uh, video meetings like this. So there will be a portion of people that fall away, the demand that falls away. But at the same time, I, I, that, that, I, I read the uh, preliminary bits of the study. And at least from that aspect, I thought it was uh, a bit uh, high in the estimation. But uh, it, it might not be a bad metric for, for, for the short term. But I think on a long-term basis, it, it, it seems a bit high to me. So I'm, I'm more optimistic that yeah. you know, flights will come back and, and there will be opportunities for airlines to re, uh, re-strategize based on this kind of new yeah. normal that we were going, going forward. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, go enjoy your morning over in Shanghai. Thanks for coming on. Congratulations on the book. I know that was a huge project for you. Um, Thank you so much. So Thank congratulations so much. on getting that done. And uh, hey, look, let's yeah, let's keep the relationship going, and uh, we'll we'll have you back on in a couple months, and we'll see where we're at. How's that sound? Sounds great. Sounds awesome, great. Thanks dude. for having me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.